This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Learn to learn and learn to teach. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hello and welcome to Space Cats Peace Turtles. If you're listening to this podcast today, there's probably two reasons. One, you're a regular listener. Welcome back. We're really glad to have you on board. Number two, and probably the more common answer, is going to be that someone somewhere is trying to get you into Twilight Imperium and you don't fully know what to expect from that experience yet. Today, Hunter and I would like to present to you uh, our Learn to Learn and learn to teach resources. We want to we want to kind of guide you through your first game of Twilight Imperium. Yes, we're going to teach you how to learn things. First off, welcome human being to the planet Earth. Learn to listen, which is actually not what is going to be in the podcast at all. No, we're not no, doing a learn do to that. listen. You'll have to learn find that resource elsewhere. Learn I'm so to sorry. listen, and because of me and Matt's limited capabilities as human beings, you will have to learn how to listen to English, um, because we are stupid and not <laughs> capable of learning any other languages. So the other thing to note about what you are about to hear is this will not be a learn to play resource no we're not going to teach you exactly how to play twilight imperium we're not going to touch on all of the rules this podcast this specific episode of this podcast is meant as a a introduction to how to start thinking about twilight imperium and then the second half it will be literally how to teach people how to play right so before we dive into our learn to learn presentation hunter what does twilight imperium mean to you and i don't mean like how much do you enjoy it i mean what what kind of experience do you expect out of a game of twilight imperium thematically uh, like the most obvious answer is that twilight imperium is a space opera simulator and honestly i think if they sold the if if you ever tried to sell me a game as a simulator for space opera I'm already in the car, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I'm in, I'm in the shotgun. Like let's go. How long till we get there? Yeah. Kind of deal. Uh, the board itself is shaped in such a way as to create a dynamic, um, sprawling story right. of conquest, yeah. of uh, you know, politics, trade, um, all of those, all of those talking points on the box. Right are in the game very accurate yeah um i will say from a social gaming standpoint that space opera idea also holds true if you are coming to twilight imperium with not a lot to know about it besides it's a space game know that the difference between twilight imperium and other games is you will be enacting the intricate detailed types of negotiations that you see in massive space operas you are not a physical character in a space you are an entire nation of people in this galaxy and so to think that this game is going to be anything but grand uh is is misleading yourself 
I, I think the reason that I started enjoying Twilight Imperium is that I wanted something with a grand level of like spectacle to it. Um, that also allowed me to express myself creatively. Yeah. A lot of the games in like kind of the similar genre to Twilight Imperium don't give you as much room to just kind of be yourself within the game. And I am kind of specifically calling out um, historical epic games, although they are certainly fun for a lot of different reasons. But for me, any epic board game set in a historical setting is always going to have a problem of these things really happened. Yeah. And there is a certain expectation as to how I will behave as a player. If I'm playing Axis and Allies as the Nazis, I should behave as a Nazi would, right? In Twilight Imperium, your races still have, like, themes to them, but it's much more open. These things didn't happen. You can create uh, your own history for the board to play out. This is why it's important that Twilight Imperium is not a Star Wars game, because even Star Wars comes with its own rules to, like, how different things are supposed to behave. In this, you get to do whatever you want with the faction that you are given. Sure, there's some backstory, but it is so limited that you are given only the necessary information to be able to function as the race you're going to play. It strikes a perfect balance between theme and player agency mm-hmm. that no other game of this scale does. There are a lot of games that provide you with more player agency than Twilight Imperium, but none that are this massive. The mechanics of the game kind of guide you into playing that role, but you're the one who decides, like, am I going to be an aggressor? Am I going to play passive? Like, what is is this story unfolding on the board today with kind of these starting materials? Yeah. And so one final note before we get... We've been kind of going on and on about this, but one final note before we dive into the actual references is this game is epic and it is huge, But it's worth noting, it's not the biggest game out there, so don't feel excessively intimidated because this might be the first really big game you've ever played, but it is certainly not the most difficult to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, So when people describe this game as like this huge sprawling thing and oh my gosh, it takes an hour to teach, those things are all basically true, but when you understand the systems in place, the game actually plays incredibly smoothly and is very, very easy to understand. Um, So don't be too intimidated. So without further ado, let's jump into the first half of today's episode, and that is our learn to learn how to play Twilight Imperium. So if you're listening to my voice right now, uh, hopefully you've been led here. Uh, Maybe you're just a listener Um, But we are basically going to cover the most basic of the basics. Um, Just like the ideas that you kind of need to have swirling in your head while you go into what is going to be your first game of Twilight Imperium. Our goal for this first half is that you should listen to this before you have watched or read any other Learn to Play documents. This This is is first. Yes, this is a starting point, a jumping off point for you. just something to get your brain in the right mode. Uh, there is a lot, when you're experiencing Twilight Imperium for the first time, there's a lot of different aspects that you can get kind of caught on, basically, yeah. and can sort of misguide you um, or fascinate you, but in the wrong order. And this is essentially just trying to establish, like, what are the things you need to learn 
uh, what are the things you need to think about and in what order and we're gonna start with a very basic point um, and this is just I'm just I just want to empathize with you buddy friend um, you're gonna play your first game of Twilight Imperium and I just want you to know that you're probably going to lose you might not you might not lose but you probably are going to. <laughs> and it will probably be best for you to kind of come into it with that attitude of like, this is a game that you're going to be learning throughout the progress of the entire game. So for you to have an expectation that you're going to win that game that you are learning while you play is, how dare you? You're so silly. What's the matter with you, you big dum-dum? You loser? Come on. What's your problem, you dingus? But yeah, no, you are probably going to lose. Um, and here is the first bombshell I'm really, really going to drop on you. And this is really going to blow your mind. Whew, please sit down. First thing you should do before playing Twilight Imperium is read the book. <laughs> the learn to play book. It's a book and it says learn to play and it teaches you how to play the game. <laughs> you should read that first. Uh, the book teaches you how to play. It literally teaches uh, everything. It's a real, it is a pretty solid guide. I would have to say that we are very we're definitely recommending that over any other way yeah. that people are going to send you any videos that people have made. Um, and the thing is too, the goal isn't that you're going to sit down with this book and learn how to play the game without playing it. But right. this is a game that you're going to need to make a first pass on. It's a game of, Oh, I remember that yes. rule. And now that is clicked into play. So please just sit down and read through it. If you're interested in the game, this should be pretty easy yeah. to sit down and actually just get all the way through, you know? Any videos that you can find out there, this can be helpful because a lot of people need to visualize what's happening on the board. So definitely watch those videos, but don't assume a 30-minute explanation is going to be enough to get you through your first game. Sit down with the book, and when you watch that video, go through the book with them by the different points that they make so that you can understand the deeper concepts while also seeing what it looks like on the board. I mean, what, what mainly what we're suggesting to you is learn how to learn this game in all of the ways your brain is supposed to learn. Yes. Auditory, visual, uh, you know, read, just read the thing. Like, get it, get all of the information in your brain so that later when you're playing, you can reference those materials. Mm -hmm. and, and definitely, um, the thing about the videos is that you... I don't know. There's something about video content when it comes to teaching you anything. I listen to a lot of video es essays on YouTube. And traditionally, with that kind of content, you sort of need to already like the voice of the person mm -hmm. to really be invested in it. You have to like their angle. There's a lot of like develop like ideas that you kind of need to be on board. So the thing is, if you send somebody a video, if you even send someone this podcast, this is, a, this is the same situation, although we've tried to be as introductory as possible, there's a chance they might get hooked on something. There might be a problem with like, oh, you know, I just don't like this guy's face or, you know, you don't like the sound of my voice or my accent or, you know, whatever. You might get caught on some of those things. So honestly, reading the Learn to Play, I cannot recommend doing that enough. And also, an extension of that, even reading the rules reference, going through that book and seeing a, yeah. like a, basically all the terms laid out. Um, is going to be really useful for yeah. you. A lot of people aren't going to read the rules reference because it's not as sexy as the learned play. Right. Uh, it's not laid out in a way that is like, oh, here's like an order of ideas and how you should learn yeah. it. The idea with that, though, is I wouldn't say you need to sit down and read the entire rules reference, but if you're reading something in the learn to play and you come across a sentence where you're like, wait, I don't understand what they're talking about, 
the rules reference is organized alphabetically, look up that concept real quick if, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're kind of lost. Um, don't think you have to completely sift through everything in the rules reference because that, yeah, that, that's a pretty slow experience. But to clarify anything, use the rules reference. It's there for you. Both of these documents were very intentionally designed and they were designed well. Twilight Imperium 3 was not designed as well, and that's why all of these videos and things became a popular thing with Twilight Imperium, is because to learn Twilight Imperium 3, you had to read, like, a 45-page long book. Right. But now, it's like 10 pages. It's like 15 pages. I don't know, but it, it's it's much easier to grasp. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to start kind of tackling just kind of basic ideas to get in your head for when you sit down to play your first game. Um, this is stuff you're not going to learn by reading the book. These are attitudes... Um, basically to take. So first things first, um, you're going to be really excited about picking a race uh, because that's one of the most that's one of the most exciting things about Twilight Imperium Absolutely. in general. Is 17 playable races. That's pretty exciting. That's a big selling point. And you're going to be really excited to do that. This is the attitude I think you should take for your first game of picking a race. Pick your race based on theme. And besides that, don't really worry about it too much. Try and get an idea of what each race is about, what it is that their like thematic concepts are that they're getting across, because oftentimes those are really well represented in how they play as well. So if you understand that, you don't necessarily need to understand every single rule to really get it. The other thing, too, is you're going to pick a race really early in your Twilight Imperium experience. There is no way that you're going to understand enough of the rules to really make the best educated decision. So don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Just get caught up in the art, the style of the race and let that be your guide. Don't. Yeah. And the other thing, too. Um, let your teacher be your guide. If your teacher tells you not to play a specific race for a certain reason, just, yeah, just go, just be like, okay, sure. And then pick a different one, basically. Um, that's, that is definitely something important to remember. Um, the other thing is, and this is uh, kind of a big point, and this is partly why I recommend that you guys read the Learn to Play before sitting down, is that this is a really hard game to try and understand everything at once while you're playing. Don't do that. Just try and learn the concepts one at a time. Um, And I'm going to give you a really basic kind of outline of the concepts in an order that makes sense for you to learn them. The first thing to learn is how activation and command counters work. Um, I'm Again, I'm not really explaining how these work. I'm just giving you an idea of like, here's the basic units of the game. Learning activation um, essentially lets you understand how to play the game at its most basic unit. It is akin to like learning how to click and left click and right click on units in a strategy PC game. Um, And without knowing how activation and command counters work, you probably won't really understand anything else in the game. Or at least your understanding of that is going to be mired by you don't understand how to do even the most basic actions within the game. And when we say understand how command counters work, something to include in that list is understand the three places that you can put command counters on your race sheet. Strategic tactical, and fleet supply. Those three spots understand how those things are separate from each other and the uses of each section and understand how you can use command counters and when you place them and just all those things. Learn how command counters work and learn how you pull them from your race sheet and place them on the board. Uh, The second thing to really learn uh, is how planet resources work. The difference between uh, the resource value of a planet and the influence value of a planet and what you're going to be using those things for. Um, 
Also, another important thing to learn is the difference between an exhausted planet and an unexhausted planet. Whenever you have a planet, what um, what does that mean for you? What can you use that for? What is a good planet versus a bad planet? You know, when do you get to use your planets? These are important things to kind of keep in mind. Um, the second, the third thing that kind of really just kind of comes after this is learning how to build and how to expand. Um, Building units and expanding your territory is an essential part of Twilight Imperium, especially in the early part of the game. It's going to be one of the first things you learn how to do. Um, and if you understand command counters and you understand how your planet resources build or go into this, then you should be able to build new units and expand your territory by taking new planets and building new units at your space dock. So let's put a soft kind of stop right there, a pause to say these first three things... This is what you're going to be doing your first round or even two rounds of the game. This is all that you need to focus on. There are other parts of the game where in future games, you will be worrying about a lot more factors. But for your first game, mm -hmm. first round of the game, figure out command counters, figure out how to expand, and then figure out how to build. Yeah. That's all you need to do in the first round. Mm -hmm. And I would, yeah, I would not push yourself to learn much more than that. Obviously, you're going to get a go on all of the information because you you're a good boy or girl and you read the learn to play <laughs> but basically these are your first three priorities for learning the game itself these are the basic most basic units of early game twilight imperium um, there are lots of things that as you get better at the game and learn more about the game you're going to worry about in the early game moves that you're going to see that you didn't even see before mm -hmm. but if you can't um, use your command counters effectively if you don't understand how planet resources work if you don't know how to build and expand you can't really do anything in early game ti and now we're going to get into some things like some, some priorities that I would say are the next two most basic things to learn, but they do kind of fan out a little bit more. If you're going to be building units, obviously you need to understand the unit types and what each unit does and how important they are. Um, I would say probably the most important first unit to learn is probably the carrier. It is very essential, especially to expansion. And one of the things that is hard to understand about Twilight Imperium is... Um, basically production capacity and also just capacity of units. Mm -hmm. How many units your space docks can produce uh, and how many units a carrier unit can carry and what that means, basically. These are the things you want to focus on. I would say second to carriers is learning infantry and learning... This is going to fall in line with you learning how to take planets, but understanding why carriers are a necessary part of that procedure. And so carriers and ground forces are like the number one thing you need to worry about after that i would say really once you have those basics down you have picked your race based on theme um you're not really too, i wouldn't really be too focused on like oh what does my specific race mean what does my tech mean what does all these things these things mean let those things kind of sit there um for now that we're talking like really early round stuff and then only after learning all of these basics that we just laid out for you is when you should start to learn the strategy cards this is essentially our biggest point in the learn to learn i would say yeah. is to not learn the strategy cards until you understand the basics of playing twilight imperium i think it is the biggest mistake that people make when teaching the game and having the game taught to them yeah. what you got but hunter the problem with that is what is the first decision anyone makes in any game, right? Right. The first thing you're going to be doing problem. is picking a strategy card. So this is where we kind of just have to say, 
to a certain extent, defer to the person teaching you the game. Hopefully, one member of your group understands the game more than anybody else. And to a certain extent, I would almost say let them pick all of the strategy cards for you. They should be playing on your side and not pick something just so that it gives them an advantage. But in general, the first decision of picking strategy cards can be an incredibly difficult one to make. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to give recommendations for first round strategy cards because that is such a huge variable. Yeah. Um, I will say that you can you can either go with what Matt just said and trusting your teacher, or you can apply the exact same logic that you applied with race to strategy yeah. cards. R don't worry about understanding everything that the card does. Look at the heading, politics, technology, trade. Yep. Look at those headings and then just kind of go with it. Yeah. Because the thing is, I feel a lot of people get caught up on strategy cards, learning them your first round. And it is a very difficult thing for someone to understand all of the deep implications of on your first yeah. game, basically. Yeah. You're not going to. So accept that you won't and just go with the theme of it. So that's kind of my basic, like, learn-to-learn -learn ideas. Um, and then here are some recommendations I want to make as far as how your attitude should be towards your teacher. Because I've seen this slow down games more than anything, basically, mm -hmm. is not having the right mindset for being for basically just how to, to deal with your teacher. This is how to behave as a student. Yes, to behave as a student of Twilight Imperium. Um, give your teacher a break. <laughs> um, they are doing a lot right now. They are <laughs> focusing on so much. They are playing an entire game of Twilight Imperium while trying to teach you the game. They will fail you. They're going to let you down. They're going to make mistakes and be like, oh no, sorry, you can't do that because of this specific thing and I hadn't already told you that. I'm sorry. They they cannot basically be they can't function as a supercomputer that decides every that every single player in the game right now is doing what they should be doing. So let go let let it go. That's why I said at the very beginning, you're going you're probably going to lose this game or at the very least it probably behooves you to have an attitude like if i win this game that will be pretty insane yeah the reason you will probably lose and the reason to give your teacher a break are combined because you're not going to know some rules when you go into it so you're going to lose because at some point in your first game some rule is going to come up and the teacher is going to go oh actually you just cannot do that and you're going to go but that's not fair i didn't know that i planned my entire strategy around the fact that I didn't know that one rule. Mm -hmm. Try to hold those angry emotions back. You're going to feel them, but again, it's just not the teacher's fault. There right. are like a gajillion things they're trying to remember to teach you. In a recent game where I taught a completely brand new player, uh, I forgot to teach someone a rule that was the only way they could score victory points. I, told, I I didn't explain a part of a rule, and they wanted to do something, and I was like, actually, you don't get to score any victory points. And they were like, but that's the entire point of the game. How could you do this to me? Mm -hmm. So you have to let some of those things go um, as best as you can. And uh, last point with basically how to, how to treat your teacher is uh, don't try and mulligan to an unreasonable extent. You're going to make mistakes, um, and you're going to even make mistakes that your teacher doesn't catch that you made. Mm -hmm. That is something that's going to happen. Can you explain a mulligan real quick? Too? Yes, let's explain a mulligan, because that's a very colloquial term that we've been throwing around yeah. on this podcast, and a lot of people don't understand what that means. It's basically a takesies-backsies. It's uh, <laughs> I did this, and I didn't mean to do that, and that was wrong, so now I want to fix that. Yeah. Um, 
The thing about a mulligan in Twilight Imperium is that if you reach far enough back, that can really... It's like the butterfly effect yeah. in like yeah. chaos theory. Like it can ripple out and have so many ramifications. So if you mess something up and you caught it, I'd say even a turn after yours, just let it go. Yeah. Just be cool with it. Remember, you're here basically to lose and to learn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you mess something up, if you if you catch it right away or if your teacher catches it, I think it's totally reasonable to mulligan. But you know this game has so many variables to it that if you wait long enough it's gonna it's really gonna hurt the rest of the table mechanically speaking after learning the game only then should you really start talking about victory points yep that is essentially the last thing that you should learn because if you don't really understand everything how to play the game on a basic level the victory points are kind of just going to annoy you and throw you off which is so interesting because once you start to play the game the victory points become the only thing that matter and every decision you make will be based off of the victory points that are available to you but what we're saying is for your very first game maybe your first two games where you're just trying to understand the concepts maybe it's not so important because you just need to understand how to make sure your empire functions right so we have a player whose name is keaton who uh has kind of learned the game pretty recently Mm -hmm. although he's already he's gotten quite good he's won two games already he kind of has a basic strategy i think of uh, not really paying attention to the victory points very early on in Mm -hmm. the game because every time he sits down he's trying to kind of boot his system to remember exactly how twilight imperium works again so generally early game he doesn't score a lot of points but by the mid game he's feeling really you know confident about how you know he really remembers how ti works and uh he just starts going for it and swinging really hard and it's paid off for him in a big way and i think it's actually a really good attitude to have as a new player if you're looking at the vps at the beginning of the game and being like oh i gotta try and sneak out some of these early points like how you know how a lot of more experienced players do uh that might distract you because you're trying to learn so much anyway so I'd say let the VPs breathe. Here's here's kind of the ending point to that, which is scoring victory points often requires risks. And if you don't learn what those risks entail, a la learning the basics of the game, then you won't be able to take those risks as safely. But if you understand these basics by the mid game, like Hunter's saying, you can all of a sudden start going crazy and taking lots of big risks because you set yourself up in a way that works. On your first game, the reason you might be able to win is because there's a decent amount of luck in Twilight Imperium, Mm -hmm. and you could, once you understand the concepts, suddenly see the route to your victory and be able to achieve it very, very quickly. And then I think to kind of round us off here, we're going to make some very specific points mm-hmm. as opposed to these broad strokes we've been making. And it's just a shame. I think it's even a shame that we that we feel the need that we have to do this. But there are just a couple random little things that we've seen kneecap new players so many times that we just want to call these things out. Yeah. Um, in the void of not understanding Twilight Imperium, this might sound like gibberish to you yes. because we haven't taught you how to play the game. But real if, baseline. If you are listening to this and you haven't read the Learn to Play document, this might be a place to stop and pick up later. Mm-hmm. Get yourself familiar with all the fundamentals. And now here are a couple of just tips yeah. from us. If you do not start with two carriers and at least four infantry, your first priority is to build them. Um, 
Of course, hopefully you already know how to build in general, but there's a specific challenge in this. You should not build out of your home system by activating it on your first turn because effectively you will shut yourself out of the game for the entire round. You need to wait for someone to play the Warfare card and then use the secondary ability of that to build out of your home system. And you need to make sure you're building at least a carrier and some ground forces. The reason you do this is you need to ensure that you can expand within the first round and in a way that keeps up with everybody else. Most people are most effective TI players are going to be able to expand to at least two systems outside of their home system. And you need to make sure that you do that as well. Wow. How specific. Yeah. It's very specific. <laughs> but the the point to all of this is these specifics are teaching you one of the core uh, things to understand in Twilight Imperium, which is timing. There is so much to when you do the primary ability versus the secondary ability versus when you move out. And when you decide to do things based on what other players have done is very, very important. And it couldn't be more important than in the first round. Yes. So getting a really good grasp on move a carrier and two ground forces out of your home system. If you have a second one, do that on your next turn. If you don't, wait for warfare, build it without activating, and then move that carrier and other ground forces out. It's incredibly specific, and again, if you haven't learned all these fundamentals, it sounds like gibberish, but it becomes the de facto must-do strategy of everyone's game. Mm -hmm. So to do it in your first game helps because otherwise you're going to start from a lower position. Right. It's essentially the very first uh, concern that you should have in every game. This is so basic that most TI players don't even think about this. It's just like it just happens because that's how they think. So now to return also to our strategy cards discussion, let's talk about a couple of specifics because this will literally be the first decision you make in your game because the first phase is the strategy phase as a baseline warfare is the best strategy card for first round you'll need to understand activation you'll need to understand why being able to pull a command counter off the board is important but the effect of all of this is you will be able to move and invade two systems with one carrier which doubles its potency in the first round it is hugely powerful and the person who picks strategy cards should almost always pick the Warfare strategy card. There are a couple caveats, as there are a couple caveats with every single decision in any moment of a Twilight Imperium game, but as a baseline, Warfare is good. The second thing to think about is Imperial is a bad pick in the first round. Imperial is great for late game, but it is not an early game strategy card, and in fact, in the first round, most of the time, Imperial will literally do nothing for you. Anything else is fair game, and like Hunter said before, let it be a thematic choice. Technology, trade, politics, construction even. I mean, anything, if you, if you have a goal in mind, let the strategy card fit into that goal. Mm-hmm. But everything else is not as important as expanding in the first round. Mm-hmm. And don't don't fret about the specifics of the strategy cards. Just, just go for what feels good and what makes sense to you, yeah. basically. Um, with taking taking Matt's advice um, pretty seriously, I would say. Warfare is 
like a really great pick, especially if you if you're not really paying attention to the VPs. It's always going to be a good yeah. pick. Basically, the only reason you wouldn't pick warfare early is because there's some sort of VP reason, like you're right. going after tech because right. it was a tech objective or whatever. Yeah. The only other thing I would say to feed into this point is if you're having if you're still having trouble picking something pick whatever strategy card fits into the themes of your race. If you are a race that utilizes trade goods in an interesting or fun way, pick trade. If you are playing a race that uses tech in an interesting or fun way, pick tech. Play to your race's strengths and let that theme continue to drive you because more than anything, that's where you're going to get your enjoyment from this game anyways, is exploiting all of the themes of your faction. All right. And that wraps it up. That's all we have to say about learning to learn. So if this is your first time ever playing Twilight Imperium, you can probably stop the tape there because what's going to follow is our learn to teach. Uh, There's kind of two audiences that this learn to teach is going to be geared towards. That's people who have played a lot of Twilight Imperium, but just aren't natural teachers and don't, don't necessarily know how to approach it. They're very good at the game, but they just don't know how to express what to do to new players. And the other audience is those people who are also pretty new to Twilight Imperium, but they just happen to be the person who bought the game and are now tasked with teaching more people how to play. I do not envy you. Yeah, it's a, you, if you are in that second category, you have one of the hardest jobs in board gaming. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into it. So you're still listening because you are tasked with teaching Twilight Imperium. Again, we do not envy you. And um, we're going to try to be as specific to Twilight Imperium as we can. But it is worth noting that, like, maybe researching a couple things about, like, teaching theory, it's not a horrible idea. I mean, that's a big, big thing to say when, when we're just talking about playing a board game. But uh, I know even Shut Up and Sit Down has a great resource of how to teach board games that is a very general approach. Take a look at that as well as just like learn some of the fundamentals of like what it means to be a teacher. So to start this off, I just want to say, Hunter, as someone who has typically not been the teacher of our groups, what do you think makes a good teacher? What are you looking for as a student of board games? What, what are you hoping the teacher conveys to you the most? I guess essentially this question is what do I want out of a teacher? Mm-hmm. Um, especially for board games. So, f- so for a board game teacher, what I want is someone who keeps the theme embedded into the rules so that it's not just a person telling me like, do this, then do that, then do this, then do that remembering what is fun about the game Mm -hmm. through the entire teaching period is i think essential that's why i think starting with theme in general when teaching games is probably the best way to go yes i 100 percent agree and that's kind of the first point to make here is as a teacher you are not just the teacher but you're also kind of the cheerleader for the game you're here you're there to make each player feel like they're making meaningful decisions twilight imperium typically especially for a first game it's going to be a long game which means you're going to be fighting against a player's own personal endurance Mm -hmm. and you have to keep them interested sometimes for 10 hours which is difficult to do so you need to make sure things stay exciting um that's not something that you alone can do but it, it is part of your role 
one thing that Matt does that's really good that I think all teachers should do when teaching Twilight Imperium specifically is when an exciting moment is happening on the board, Matt will generally be like, whoa, 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 and then break what is happening down for all of the players so that they all understand why there's a crazy thing happening on the board Mm -hmm. right now, why this is uh, an exciting moment. And also he turns those moments into teachable moments because generally the really exciting stuff in Twilight Imperium is going to be moments in the game that are actually really good teaching opportunities because it's going to be something interesting um, and also something like somebody makes a big play. You want to explain that play and get everyone excited about, wow, that's crazy what that just what that player right. just did. And and the other note to that same point is just that that gives people the moments to talk about after the fact, and that's what's going to bring them back later. If they have a story after the game where they go, oh, remember when I did that crazy thing and I kind of actually understood how to do it? Like, you need to make sure they hone in on those moments. In addition to being the teacher and the cheerleader, you are going to be the game's umpire. And what that means is you're going to be the scorekeeper. You're going to be the person who controls the pace of the game. You are going to be the bookkeeper for this game. So Twilight Imperium has a lot of bookkeeping in it. And for every player to be worrying about all those factors on their first game, it's just a huge, huge distraction. These are going to be things that people are thinking about in future games. But for their first game of Twilight Imperium, you should keep track of initiative order. That is the order in which turns are going to be going. And when I say keep track of, I don't just mean know who's going to be going next, but let those people know who's next. When player one is finishing their turn, make sure you look ahead, see who player two is, and go, okay, player two, you're going to be up as soon as their turn's over, so start getting your action ready. Never do this in a rude way. Never make people feel rushed, but This game can go very, very slowly, and too many times there have been moments where everyone stands and looks at the board for like five minutes, and then someone goes, whose turn is it? You need one person. This is honestly something that is true for all games of Twilight Imperium, but especially with new players, someone needs to be there just to keep track of turn order. The other thing is, you need to be the bookkeeper for all of the objectives, all of the planet cards, all of the decks, just everything that's going on. Be the person who hands out planet cards. Be the person who reveals the new objectives. Be the person who explains what each of the objectives are. Because as the person presenting the flow of the game, you need to take every single moment to teach someone why they may or may not want to do something. So they need someone to look to to know what is coming next. So for that reason, you know, when you reveal a new objective and it says spend eight resources, explain to every single player what that actually means. Because as we who have played Twilight Imperium know, it doesn't just mean spend some resources. It means, well, actually, you have to hold on to those resources until the status. And these are things that need to be explained to new players because there's a lot of things that go unexplained in Twilight Imperium. So you're the coach, you're the cheerleader, you're the umpire, you're all of these things, and you need to be teaching as you do every single one of those things. Um, So the other big point to bring up here is while you're wearing all of these hats, You need to understand that you, personally, are not going to be playing a normal game of Twilight Imperium. You need to be prepared to play very differently than you normally would play. This can be exhausting for some people. Uh, The idea that you probably will not get to make all of the best decisions for yourself because, first off, it's not very fun to just steamroll a bunch of new players, so don't do anything that would just 
completely throw the victory to you in turn, you know, by round three, if you're four points ahead of everyone, that's probably a problem. Um, but even more so, you need to be taking every action as a chance to teach people, which means every action that you take that you consider a good, smart move, while in a normal game of Twilight Imperium, you would want to keep that kind of secret and, and not reveal what you're trying to do. In this game, you need to be upfront with all of your plans. Because people need to understand what types of decisions they're going to be making. So when you take a planet close to Mechatorex that is not a very good planet, but you send a huge fleet there, you can kind of explain, I'm planning to take Mechatorex next round, but this is how far in advance I have to be thinking about these kinds of things. And players can start to understand all of the different flows of the types of decisions they make. If you randomly move one destroyer into some empty space next to a big fleet, you can explain... This is in case I might have to retreat into an empty system later on. And then you can explain the rules of it retreating. And there's just so much going on that with every single action you take, you need to be explaining every single thought that you are having. And that goes for every time someone else takes an action. Explain to them the types of things they could be thinking about. The danger here is do not play for your players. From just a tactile teaching perspective people need to learn things themselves so you cannot tell them how to do everything but what you can do is when they make a decision say that was a good decision for this reason and this reason or that's a good decision what you could have also thought about doing is this this or this but let's stick with what you did so we can see how it plays out um mainly this is just to keep everyone from mulliganing a bunch but um i don't teach as much as matt obviously but um i do try and be a fair neighbor this is also something really good to keep in mind um and really flows nicely along with uh matt's point when i make an aggressive move early mm -hmm. against someone who is my neighbor who is a new player i don't not make the move but when i make the move i do it and i let my neighbor know what i just did there is aggressive mm -hmm. and you should probably respond to it um, or feel a certain way about it, yeah. basically. It's not that I'm going to play easy on someone because it's their new game, but I am going to explain what is happening yeah. to them. And I always try and be a fair neighbor when I'm playing next to someone who is a new player. Um, the next thing is, and this, this is where we're going to start getting into some more specifics. We've been pretty um, broadly minded so far, but we told all of our new players to read the learn to play document and where things were complicated to them maybe consider checking out the rules reference your job as the teacher you really do need to know that learn to play document forwards and backwards and you need to have read the rules reference at least once to people who are new to twilight imperium and taking on the task of being the teacher despite maybe never having played it themselves this is a huge task and we understand that it is a lot to ask of someone but it helps so much when things get confusing on the board and one player at the table can at least go, ooh, I feel like I remember seeing this somewhere. You don't need to know every single rule offhand, but you need to know where to find the rule. Mm -hmm. And that's why you need to have at least looked over the rules reference. You don't need to memorize everything in it. And this feeds into the next point, which is you can be wrong. You can be you know, mistaken about points, or you can say, I don't, I don't actually know how that rule works. Let me look it up. Um, be open about whether or not you remember rules, because the only thing that's going to turn people against you quicker is if you all brush past something and then four rounds later, the players find out you all did it wrong and you didn't say anything. 
in the rules reference, one of the really good reasons to read it is because there's a glossary of very specific terminology that Twilight Imperium uses. Um, it refers to everything in a very specific way that if you aren't familiar with, mm-hmm. you might not be able to find the page in the rules reference where that particular rule lies. Yeah. So even like we actually have been trying to correct this in our podcast, um, Twilight Imperium does not refer to... Um, ground forces as ground forces anymore they are infantry so we try and reflect that in our language as well but you can see how ground forces and infantry are two terms that could like both are easily viable and you might accidentally call it that and then you're looking you're flipping through the rules reference looking for ground forces when actually they're listed as infantry but if you flip through it hopefully those terms the specific words they use to describe everything is in your brain at least somewhat yeah that is more than anything what your job is, is to be familiar with all of the terms in the game. Again, you do not need to know how to do every single thing. Hunter and I have been playing Twilight Imperium for four years, and in our podcast, we still constantly get called out for rules we have messed up. That doesn't mean we're idiots, although we are. It just <laughs> means that there's so much to keep track of that oftentimes you will forget something. Or, more than anything, there's just... There can be so many different circumstances that a specific rule applies to that the rule can be interpreted slightly different depending on the circumstances at hand. So you just need to know what to be able to look up and be open about when you need to look something up and telling players why and what you're looking up. From here on out, um, we want to. this is kind of where we're going to jump into some more tips. But before I do that, I just want to say anything else that feels like is lacking again just refer to general teaching theory um i I can't be any more specific than that because i myself you know i didn't go to teaching school so i can't like give you any resources or whatever but just know that there are lots of different ways that different people teach so you as the teacher of this game let's say you're going to play a six-player game you're going to have five other people you need to worry about and each of them is going to learn in a different way and you need to learn what that way is going to be. You can even ask people beforehand, hey, do you know what kind of learner you are? And you need to fit your teaching methods to each player. It's just, it is a huge task. And if it sounds uh, way too intimidating and all you wanted to do was play a fun board game, that's kind of what you're getting into when you play Twilight Imperium. And if you put the work in beforehand, it will pay off in the long run. You're going to have more players returning to the table. You're going to you're going to keep the ball rolling. Whereas if your players have a bad first experience, they'll never come back. And we've seen too many stories of players who played a game, had a bad experience and didn't come back to the game for like 2 or 3 years and then suddenly had a good experience and it became their favorite game. What a what a waste of 3 years that right. those players didn't have because they ended up with one bad experience. So, yes, it is a huge thing to take on, but it's a huge game and it requires that. So, here's some quick tips. Um, the first thing, and this is the most common question I feel like I see online, and that is what factions should I play? A list of 17 factions is a big list, and we talked about this in our Learn to Learn, but in general, it should just be pick a good theme. But we'll give you some more specifics if that's the kind of player you are. If you want this list whittled down a little bit, here's two phases that you can whittle things down in. Don't let your players, if they're worried about this kind of thing, play as the Clan of Sar, the Arborek, the Necrovirus, the Embers of Muat, and the Winu. Each of those races twist game mechanics in a way that can hinder a player's learning experience. None of them, I would say, are expert-level 
races, but if it is their first game and someone plays as the Arborek, their next game might be impacted because they were able to do things as the Arborek that they are not able to do as any other race, and the real rules will not make any sense to them. They have baseline exceptions to the very, very purely basic rules of uh, uh, Twilight Imperium, which can really throw people off. Yeah. Um, and if people need more whittling down than that, if they look at the remaining 12 races and are still like, that's just too much, I don't know, I, I don't get into a specific faction's theme. The Learn to Playbook gives six recommended races, and I think these are six great recommendations for someone's first game. If you wanted to play where all six players fit one of these factions, it's what we did for our first game of Twilight Imperium 4, and it's a perfectly fun way to play. Those six are the X-Cha Kingdom, the Federation of Soul, Sardak Nor, the Emirates of Hakan, the Universities of Jolnar, and the Barony of Letnev. All of those are fairly simple mechanics to understand and can be played without having to understand very deep, intricate details of the game. So if you're really looking for specifics on which race to play, those are some ideas. But again, if someone wants to branch out from that, do not tell them that they can't because, again, any race can be played, but just if, especially if they're playing one of those kind of more dangerous races, let them know what some of the implications could be. But if they're a quick-witted player that can pick up on rules really easily, they might have no trouble at all learning how to play as the Clannisar. Next kind of tip is online. You might see people asking what is the correct player count to play with. Um, and I would not accept any answer to that except for all of them. The idea here is six is the intended way to play, right? That's the most balanced galaxy you're going to get. But every single player count works. I've played so many games at every single different level and all of them are fun. Um, so don't worry about having the perfect game for your first game. If you can only get four people together for a first game of Twilight Imperium, still do it. Don't wait. There's too many reasons to not play Twilight Imperium. Don't let player count add to that list of reasons. Um, the, the one exception would be like a three-player game is a different experience. But if anything, if you are the only person who knows how to play it and you're teaching two new players, a three-player game is a great way to learn because right. they're going to learn the basics and it's going to happen very quickly. You might turn more people onto Twilight Imperium through a quick three-player game than you ever will through a drawn-out six-player game where they're kind of only taking one action every, like, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can be much, much better to have a tighter, shorter player count game than, than something huge and grandiose. Always remember that a teaching game is not a regular game. Right. So a lower player count is not a big deal whatsoever. If your goal is to teach and also have fun, three players is going to be great. Four players is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. The next kind of tip is, and this one is a bigger, bigger deal and, and just might not be an option for a lot of players, but we would suggest trying to do a get-together where you do one or two demo rounds. This is a hard one to do because a lot of people, when they sit down to play Twilight Imperium, it's like, no, we blocked off the Saturday. We don't have a night during the week to do this. So this can be really, really hard to do. But I just want to express the benefits of what a demo round can do. Firstly, it gets players to get their feet wet. Um, they can try out the first two rounds of expanding and learning the basics that we detailed in the Learn to Learn without the implications of a bigger game they can just learn what it means to expand and what it means to build some stuff and they tried a few times of moving command counters around the board then the next time they play they can 
adjust off of probably some of the mistakes they made in those first two rounds because the biggest problem is if you have people dive right in on their first game and they make a mistake in that first round it can compound those effects throughout the game to where they have a terrible game because they had a bad first round and it just really really hurts the experience and your number one goal as the teacher is to just make sure everyone has a positive experience with the game so if you're able to get some people together and just run them through the quick first two rounds the next time you play they'll have already done those first two rounds and they can do a better job than they did the first time which leads to a better late game what's funny about the demo rounds thing to me is that we actually this is what we did when we when we tried to play uh twilight imperium for the first time but we did it unintentionally yes. we did not plan to play demo round games we just did not understand how long the game would take to play right. and did not plan for that so the the doing a demo round isn't um that crazy in fact that's how we got into the game just unintentionally mm-hmm. playing games that could not go any farther than they did right yeah, we started games at 8 p.m. and three hours later had finished two rounds and went, I don't think we can play anymore tonight, <laughs> so I guess we'll have to put it to bed. But hey, that was that was a good mm-hmm. a good trial run, mm-hmm. and I think it just tends to, to help players a lot. Um, and again, this is kind of reiterating the final point, but let's just end on, if you can keep people excited, that's what will make them return to the game. And more than anything, in a first game, that's your only goal is to get people to want to come back because that's the thing that people have probably heard about twilight imperium is oh yeah i only played it once every year or i you know you never get to play i own a copy and i've had it for four years and i've never touched it so they're coming into it with this idea of like it's basically an unplayable game which is absolutely not the case if you get excited about it you will make the time you will set aside a saturday and it'll be like super bowl sunday but for this awesome board game and everyone will bring drinks over and bring snacks over and that's what you're trying to sell in Twilight Imperium. As people get better, yeah, you can get those quick little four-hour games. But f- on the first trial, you got to get them excited about a whole day experience. Mm-hmm. I've got something purely anecdotal to throw in here that you kind of just reminded me of uh, the way that you described Twilight Imperium right there. But I actually knew a group of people that um, I don't have access to anymore. I don't, like, I got one of their phone numbers. I, like, met them in a bar. And essentially the way they use Twilight Imperium is like this. Um, They do, like, a year-long board game Olympics where they play all different types of board games, um, and they're competing, and they record who wins each game. They play, you know, I think they mentioned they play Puerto Rico and Carcassonne and a bunch of different games. And essentially what they're playing for is a spot in the year-end Twilight <laughs> Imperium game, which is where you play for all the marbles, right. basically. You're, yeah, and they would total up points and stuff. Um, and purely anecdotal, I just felt like throwing out some, uh, just a random little story there after all of that very ordered content you just received. That's the idea of Twilight Imperium that you're trying to put across the people, though, is it is a game of stories. It's a strategy game, but more than anything, it is a space opera, and when people play it, they are going to play out these stories that they remember. Right now, Reddit and BoardGameGeek and all these different forums are exploding with people typing these incredibly long, detailed things about their first game, because that's what... When you finish a game of Twilight Imperium, you can't get everything off of your chest. There's so much that you, you're exploding to write down all the stories that happened within a game. And you've got to get it down on paper and share it with people. And most people read it and go, oh, yeah, cool. But, like, 
you yourself experienced it and that's what makes it so exciting is like you had these wealth of emotions over the course of a day and it was just these pieces of cardboard that made you feel all of these very very real raw emotions if you're coming uh, to us for like the first time today uh, and you just really liked what matt just said check out our other episode called this imperium life where we just share twilight imperium yeah. stories which we're definitely going to do again and possibly sooner rather than later because just like matt said there's a lot of story content mm-hmm. out there now mm-hmm. yeah if you want to hear what kind of stories people can tell through twilight imperium check out this imperium life in this podcast feed and with that I think we're done. That's yeah. that's everything we got for this super esoteric look at Twilight Imperium. Mm-hmm. Um, we may eventually do our own learn to play thing, but we felt that this was way more important because these are the types of questions I see online. All sorts of people make learn to plays, but more often than not, you see people coming into Twilight Imperium with either the wrong idea or no idea of what they're getting into. And so we just really wanted to make sure people started on the right footing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please feel feel free to share that learn to learn with anybody that you feel like needs like just kind of a good mindset to get started in. Um, and I feel like the learn to teach was also really solid for for most of our more like most of the people who are listening to this podcast regularly are probably going to be teaching yeah. rather than learning. Right. Um, but if you're if you've been following along and you haven't even played yet, uh, I hope that that part of the episode was really helpful to you. Yeah. So with that, we're gonna call it quits. Um, one thing, if this is your first time listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, you should follow us on Facebook, Space Cats Peace Turtles. You should follow us on Twitter, at Space Cats Pod. You should hit us up on the subreddit for Twilight Imperium. That's where we will post a forum post about all of our episodes. You can join in the discussion. Discussion is a very, very big part of our podcast, and we want to keep the conversation going so if you want to join in on that conversation come to the twilight <laughs> imperium subreddit one of the features of this podcast is we do a, a segment called errata which is what we're going to cut to next which is where we talk about things we either messed up last episode or fun conversations that spurred out of our last episode so you can probably stop listening if you've never listened to anything of <laughs> ours before but we hope you'll start checking us out because we want to talk to you about twilight imperium it's the only thing that this project does for us is yep. gets us to talk about it more yep. so we'll see you in the errata all right welcome to space cats peace turtles errata where we done goofed up and we talk about the goofs um last week we were talking about our first impressions of ti4 from the first two games that we played and we messed up plenty and want to talk about some opinions we have that kind of clash with some opinions that other people have. Um, at this point, before we even get into it, I want to, I want to remind everybody that this is all early days and mm-hmm. lots of our feelings are going to change and that this was last week's episode was definitely a very clear read of our first feelings. Yeah. A lot of feelings. And also, we recorded that episode literally right off of the back of playing our second game like we finished the game talked about it for like 15 minutes everyone went home and then hunter and i jumped into recording the podcast so we were still hot on a lot of the emotions we were feeling Mm -hmm. raw from that game it even got called out somebody called out that when you were talking about your your pretty um uh oh how would i describe it controversial i guess Mm -hmm. victory uh that they could feel your emotions in what you were talking about and that's because we had just played dog (laughs) so i think the first thing we should start with with some of this errata is Let's just talk about a couple of the rules we screwed up in our games that were evident. Yeah. Um, 
The biggest one, and this is something Federico on our Facebook pointed out, we totally cheated. I cheated uh, because in one action, I gave Hunter two promissory notes. Yep. And that's just straight up not allowed. Mm-hmm. One per transaction. I think we still would have tried to do that transaction Probably. over the course of a couple turns. But if you're just a player trying to think about more and more rules, that's one. <laughs> it would have been a dicier conversation, though, Absolutely. because I would have had to trust that you were going to give it exactly. to me the next round. Yeah. And it, honestly, it would have been a lot more interesting mm-hmm. and to the wire. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we messed that up. Uh, something else to talk about. This might be something that is um, too dangerous to talk about, but we talked a lot about when Hunter attacked me as the ex and he was the soul and it really screwed up his plans there are a lot of things in that specific action that we messed up oh really i didn't know this um so let's let's just talk about it um first off when we were actually when i was rolling the dice for all my pds i was always rolling one less dice than i was supposed to one mm-hmm. less yeah one less oh, yeah. die than i, I was supposed to did we not to. mention that in the episode we may though? have but if we didn't here it is me mentioning i totally rolled one less die than i was supposed to mm-hmm. hunter uh as it turns out at the time definitely had his carrier upgrade and just didn't use it and that right. cost him everything and I these are the kinds of mistakes sometimes you make in twilight imperium that like that impacted an entire way hunter felt about the federation of yep. soul yep. and it was just like a total lapse of memory i'm kind of like literally because of that one activation i'm probably gonna have to kind of call a do-over on yeah. if, uh federation of soul um, but I still feel like my feelings aren't completely invalid um, yeah. <laughs> as far as like fighter screens not being as effective as they were in TI3, but maybe we were maybe a little more dramatic last episode. If anything, it puts a huge emphasis on how important it is to get that upgrade. That is an incredibly powerful upgrade mm-hmm. for the Federation of Soul to have, oh, and, let's and be, it should be a priority. Let's be clear. Uh, I don't because I, I'm. I think we sort of just danced around it. Um, what I messed up with the upgraded carriers is that I did not sustain damage right. on them. Uh, mostly, the I'm going to say the reason that that happened is because I played Federation of Soul maybe like twice in TI3. Right. I really did not like them, and I was excited to play them again, and I overlooked it. Yeah, sue me. So, also within that, though, is the conditions of that attack, he still was going to lose. I took out so much so quickly. I had a fleet behind that that his single carrier with one hit remaining and a few fighters would not have won against. It's Well, it's just a shame because... I don't know if we, because I thought we could mulligan we, forever yeah. and find out. Yeah, but. I know, and and who knows? Because if I had hung on by even one hit, sure, that would have been a completely different game. Absolutely. Even. So, so the errata to that is that just like sometimes you totally screw up rules, and mm-hmm. um, in in this is it's a great thing to talk about this in in an episode where we're just talking about people's first games because like these are the types of things you're going to mess up you're going to look back at the game and go i messed up that thing and that would have completely changed everything what a horrible screw up to make Mm -hmm. well them's the breaks and i uh i am gonna stand by this is what i'll stand actually i kind of want to clarify the point deeper um the extra and the L1Z1 mm. are really good at taking down fighter screens. Yeah. That is that we will definitely stand by that point. Yeah. Uh, extra, it's more of a defensive thing with the PDS grid and the flagship. Um, certainly, although that flagship could be used aggressively yes. and still with graviton laser system get probably do quite well. Yeah. Um, the L1Z1, of course. I mean, they were always kind of that way, but even it feels even it feels streamlined now. It feels like they're really good at it, and it's so obvious. So all of that conversation. To um, about extra and L1, uh, we had a, a really big impression of how effective fighter screens are, and it is worth noting. And multiple people pointed this out that like 
our opinions of those things might be skewed because we played with the two races that are most specifically designed to attack that problem. Mm -hmm. And if we, the next time we play a game that doesn't have either of those two in it, we will probably notice that fighter screens are much, much better. So that's something we're very willing to um, turn our opinions around on is that fighter screens might not be so bad, but when Xtra or L1Z1X are in the game, and this was the larger point we wanted to make, which is just that there are bigger counters nowadays. And, and the counters feel more intense, yes. basically. So, uh, next kind of point to bring up, Blark Knob on Twilight Imperium subreddit said, Your impressions of tech are completely out of left field. I think playing with a lot of beginners may have skewed things dramatically. Um, this is a good point. We're about to talk about tech a lot, because this is probably the biggest thing people disagreed with us on um one part of your point with that was the four player game makes everybody super rich that's always been the case definitely agree with that uh, we may not have said that but it's definitely something we thought we played a five player game and a four player game mm -hmm. the five player game that we played we played where three of the players start with trade goods so yes we played two very very rich games yeah and we know that a six player game is is different and and people will not have so many resources they can just throw around at tech but like we pointed out the four and five player games are still part of the game, so the the opinions that we base around those player counts are still valid because six players is not the only way people play Twilight Imperium, even though it is the most common. So let's get into some of the like specific arguments against our opinions on tech. Haberdashery HRG from Twilight Imperium subreddit said, um, I think too easy is a better problem to have than every tech session takes 15 minutes because of a convoluted tech tree, and if it's easy for everyone, then it's still balanced. I feel like this is a point we were trying to make, and I don't. Maybe we didn't uh, vocalize it enough. It's not that we think tech is bad. We definitely think it's an improvement over TI three. Hundred percent. It is sure. way way better. It is way more fun. We have just some reservations about how easy it is. It might be totally fun and balanced for it to be so easy. We're just at this moment still questioning. Um, basically, the 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 judge is still out on that one. Yeah, and I I think. I don't know. I if I could r sort of reword our point that we made last week, um, I would basically say that how tech integrates with the rest of the game is a major question as to the game's balance. Yes, and that is not really how I felt in TI three. TI um, in TI three tech felt a little more supplemental mm -hmm. to your overall strategy, but now the decisions you make with tech are gigantic yeah. they are and, and it's obvious how gigantic they are it's huge to the game um we when we initially did our overview of tech um we discounted several yeah. uh colors of tech yeah. and uh we were we're wrong yeah. um and all like so the tech just feels a lot better yeah um than we anticipated it being uh which is on us but that's what i mean is like because tech is easy to get and very powerful, um, the question of balance as far as the game is concerned is really going to come down to tech balance. Mm -hmm. So if in the long run we realize that tech has some lopsided values in it, or there are some tech that is so much better than other tech, that will be a big discussion for general balance of the game. And I think essentially we did not anticipate that. Right. So we're not saying it's definitely unbalanced. We're saying we weren't expecting that to be the primary conversation. And so it's something we have to continue to look at in the future. Mm -hmm. um, something we brought up in the episode was about how we thought 
um, blue tech was now leveled out with the other ones. And I don't want this point to get misconstrued. And that is, we don't think blue tech is bad. By no means. We still think blue is very, very powerful. We think every other tech is better than we were giving it credit for. But Pico de Moose from our newly created uh, Board Game Geek Guild, um, that's now the way to get in touch with us on Board Game Geek, is through our podcast listing and our guild. Pico de Moose said, The amount of adaptability provided by Fleet Logistics and Lightwave Deflector is absurd, in my opinion, and opens up so many possibilities. Really, though, I just thought the options for uh, using upgraded fighters and blue tech to counterattack and outmaneuver the opposition were huge and seemingly un, uh, seemingly usually hard to deal with. These are great points, and it's um, it's good to see these arguments because basically we just didn't have any players exploiting blue tech to the fullest extent they could. So we only got um, impressions of how strong other branches of tech are and for us we still have to learn a lot about blue tech we we still have many games to play and the two games that we did play both featured uh at least two victory points that kind of required people to do certain things with tech um both of our games had the unit upgrade uh victory point so that means that people didn't get to just go full on tech like straight up tech colors yeah. they had to go for unit upgrades to get the point and then we had a victory I, point that required people to re- research different colored tech i think both games had that one so in both games we had the tech um scoring things that made people have to branch out more so we didn't see anyone investing heavily in late game colors because the first four rounds of the game were dictated by some tech-centric objectives. But um, but I do want to stand by the fact that tech is cheap and easy to do in both games. I had those victory points in my pocket, mm-hmm. and I didn't even get to score them because I was scoring other points every round, yeah. but they were my safe zone for if I had a bad round, yeah. I could score those points still. Yeah. If anything, it's just refreshing to hear from other players that like all of these other techs are still viable, because it just means... It really depends on the game. And again, we put a lot of impetus on what factions are in the game because that's going to determine which techs are the most powerful. If you have a game where L1, Z1X, and Xtra are both in it, blue tech might not be as powerful that specific game because moving around is going to be a dangerous proposition Mm -hmm. because there's going to be PDS fields everywhere and there's going to be a flagship flying around that's just going to knock your stuff out without you getting a chance to do much about it Mm -hmm. so you have to consider who you are playing against more now and that will help you determine what tech you get and it's an interesting decision to have to make so it's something that excites me to be able to see how much more we see that come into play Mm -hmm. uh pantelion from the fantasy flight forums uh said Purchasing technology in Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition was only a matter of resource management, while the path was more or less the same for every single race. Now, you don't need to worry that much anymore about resources, but the technologies and their benefits themselves. This is the good um, counter-argument to our point that, Mm -hmm. that we hope holds to be true, which is if every single tech is more powerful, then your choices within that system are more important. Rather than what we're what we're afraid of is that lightwave deflector and fleet logistics are a hundred percent better than every other tech and right. they're the most powerful and every single game everyone goes for those techs and that's all that happens. What we are super intrigued by is this being true where like ooh if someone goes for duranium armor versus the person who goes for fleet logistics versus the person who goes for integrated economy early. All of those are valid and good decisions and are hugely powerful. And seeing which rock, paper, scissors works, that 
obviously that is a great thing to have happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we just underestimated. Uh, I don't know just how much weight of the yeah. experience now is resting on tech. It feels like a very very weighty part of the game that matters a lot, and the effects of the decisions you make in the tech part of the game have deep ramifications. Which means that that system is more essential to the balance of the game. Yeah. In TI three, I would end up with a lot of techs and would often forget to use some of the abilities because I would like have too many or whatever. And it was like a stupid mistake to be making, but it never felt like it was costing me the game. In Twilight Imperium 4, I feel like I need to be very, very aware of what all techs are at my disposal because using all of those techs every single round seems like it's going to be a big decision in every single, you know, knowing the best way to use fleet logistics and when to use graviton laser systems like all of those decisions are big big decisions to make mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all we got so we're we got. we're gonna we're gonna close it there this ended up being a way longer episode than i anticipated Biggin. so uh thanks so much for listening you can hit us up on facebook twitter the twilight imperium subreddit you can also now find us on board game geek we're not posting in the general twilight imperium forums anymore instead we have a guild Space Cats Peace Turtles Guild. You can um, have forum discussions in there with us. Mm-hmm. We also are listed as a podcast, so you can become a fan on Board Game Geek, and uh, you'll get updates about our podcasts from there. We'll also be posting the calendar of our upcoming episodes on there. So if you want to get a look at what episodes we're doing in future weeks, that'll be a place to kind of get ahead of the game and start having conversations before. Who knows? Maybe we can pre-errata some stuff based on discussions that happen. Ooh, gotta love that pre Gotta love that pre Yeah, and I mean, it's a guild, so join it. Uh, we're going to be doing raids next week. Um, <laughs> uh, we're doing Molten Core, I think is what we're going to start with. Um, and yeah, we're going to do Molten Core. We're going to do Mechatol. We're going to do mm-hmm. all the all, all the big raids. All the classic raids. Yeah. Um, if you guys can get on Board Game Geek tomorrow at about noon, uh, I think we're going to we're really going to start doing some yes. 10 mans. Steve Martin's going to be there. He's yeah, been Steve really Martin's enjoying be there. all yeah, the games. Uh, keep it. tweeting at Steve Martin. We got to keep yeah. him interested. He gets distracted so easily. He gets really distracted. He's uh, you know he's kind of a he's kind of a baby boy. He likes to sit in his room and he's got all his toys, you know. <laughs> and he's uh, he's a big baby boy. Um, next week we start our. First round strategy guides. So it's been hotly anticipated for a while now, and I hope we don't totally screw the pooch. Yeah, I hope we don't. There's going to be a lot of errata on these upcoming episodes, but whatever. Yeah, I I would say uh, these first round, (laughs) for these first round discussions, um, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to go for it. We're going to try it, and it's going to be a nice, um, time capsule of how people <laughs> thought about these races at the beginning of the yeah. uh yeah of, the, of our journey into ti4 yeah. so yeah always be ready for us to say something take it back change it and say something entirely different later that's our that would be our motto yeah twilight imperium is as fleeting as the universe itself yeah so long folks <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica Bellum Gloriosum.